All right, hello everybody, and we're back for round two, as we shall call it today. I'm here with my my bestie again, Lisa Hevern. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and today, what we are going to kind of discuss, if you follow my i my Idaho ambassador on either Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter, you may have seen uh, a couple recent posts about branding. And so today's discussion is going to be regarding branding and buzzwords. And and essentially, how far is too far? So it's just going to be an open general discussion as to huge buzzwords that are slightly overabused these days, in my opinion. Uh, things like grass-fed or organic or sustainable, things like that. So we'll just jump in and go from there. So if you know, if you have seen the posts on my Facebook um uh, I essentially what happened is I bought a product, and we won't name any names, and I bought a product, my own fault, not digging far enough in to find out where that was actually manufactured. And the outside perspective of this brand is that they're very sustainable, very local, so I just took that at face value. As we often do nowadays in our consumer-driven market. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I do it all the time, I'm sure. And it was just kind of a wake-up call. Well, I looked down at it one day, and I see those that little word, that little pesky word, which I do not like, which is China. <laughs> not that I don't like the Chinese. I just, I just prefer to buy products that aren't made in China. I love buying local, which I'm sure many of you know by my platform. Uh, and, and I was pretty disappointed to the point where I returned the product. And I think it caused a little bit of an uproar because I was a little bit shocked. And when I went in to return the product, one of the employees, when asking about, you know, if you're really sustainable, why is it that you do these practices? Why is it that you're manufacturing in China? They gave me the response of, well, in order to donate to this charity, we moved our our manufacturing to China so that we could drop costs. Well, and I do think it's a little bit interesting, too, that I, I would like to point out these do-gooding charitable donation, this company that they're working with to do these charitable donations, is sort of like funzy adult camp where you get to go on vacation someplace, so much so that they actually allow you to win one of their trips to go. Um, you know, we have plenty of people here in Boise that need help. We have plenty of people in Idaho that need help. You don't have to get on a jet and fly halfway around the world to do good. Absolutely. And and I think it's also one of those things that in the same aspect of you don't have to go across the world to do good, you don't necessarily have to go across the world to find people to work on products or to create jobs here, which... Again, it's been argued on some of the posts that they are creating jobs locally, which, yes, I'm sure they probably staff 10 people here. But so does H&M. That doesn't mean we're going to buy fast fashion. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, if you want to be on that playing field with them, then go be on that playing field, but own it. And uh, so one of the other kind of topics as to why we're talking about sustainability in this particular instance is because while digging in and finding out about you know, the manufacturing in China, I also found out that not only are they manufacturing in China, but they are sourcing wood, wood scraps, what have you, in the Northwest and then shipping that product to China 
having it manufactured, and having it shipped all the way back. All under the guise of sustainability, and deep, deep, dark in the blog forum, there was a blog that discussed sustainability and said along these lines, because sustainability or being sustainable means that we get to spend more time outdoors. So my question is, how do we tell the difference between these industry buzzwords and the truth? We know what USDA organic means. There is a set of stringent policies that must be adhered to in order to have that label. But something like sustainable or natural, that's just up for conjecture. It could mean anything. Yeah, it could mean one product out of 10 that you are building this out of is organic or or perhaps this was just more sustainable for your lifestyle to start offshoring your production to China so that you could have a 100% increase, most likely, in profits, therefore being able to spend more time outdoors yourself. Absolutely. And it's even like things on, <laughs> I found out a few days or like a couple weeks back that technically grass-fed beef isn't even so much grass-fed beef. It means that they have an access point to access grass while they are being raised. So they could literally spend 180 days out of 190 just eating everything else, and maybe 10 days they wandered into the grass patch. Or they were fed grass once or twice when they were calf-cow pairs, and then they were separated at a year of age, which, if you know anything about grazing practices, is much too young, is very traumatic, and then they were sent to a feedlot where they ate corn. Now, that can be marketed to you as grass-fed, because at one point, they ate grass, but then the rest of their lives they spent eating corn that was doused in Roundup, Roundup-ready corn. Yeah. So you have to know what you're buying, and... It's hard to tell the difference these days. So that's why we wanted to talk about this. Yeah, and I think it's important that people be allowed to ask the question. I mean, I got a lot of kickback for asking the question in the first place because they give back to charity or they they say they're sustainable. They utilize, you know, sustainable resources for their products. But in the grand scheme of things is nobody should have to make any excuses. It should be a point blanket statement. Right. And then I think we've all seen those horrible pictures of the iPhone factories where they have the nets outside of the windows in China because people are so miserable that they will literally jump to their own death instead of continuing to work in these iPhone factories. That's terrible. You know, and I think anytime you are working in a country that has massive human rights violations or when you are working with a country that has massive human rights violations it does not matter whether or not a factory signs a contract when the owner of your company is there because as soon as you leave practices change you just shouldn't do business with countries that don't care about human rights period well, and it, I mean, like, let's like let's throw into layman's terms. I mean, like, you know your in-laws are coming over. You clean up the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I'm making two visits a year or four visits a year and I'm scheduling those visits with my factory, they know when I'm going to walk through that door and everybody better be in tip-top shape. It's like when the boss walks in. You want every, Everything has to be in order. But you have no idea what goes on when you are not there. We know what goes on in China. And 
we don't know what happens as soon as your flight boards and you come back home to the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, another another way I've seen this recently is, as many of you know, I have a, a, a gluten-free bakery and food truck. And when we were getting started, we actually had to wait a few months before we could build our facility. And the reason we did that was because we wanted a 100% dedicated gluten-free facility because we wanted people with celiac to be safe we didn't want to risk it we could have rented kitchens but those kitchens are shared kitchens which means they are not dedicated and there are places i've seen or people i've seen that claim to be dedicated gluten-free and they are in fact made in a facility that produces wheat they just choose to store their equipment separately or they try to clean the equipment and the reality of the situation is that can really make people sick. So if you're just now throwing out buzzwords like uh, 100% local or 100% dedicated gluten-free or sustainable, whatever it is, people are trying to make their life decisions that will affect everything they do, whether it's their health or their principles. And if you're just using those to bait people, it's, I don't know, I feel like that's outside my moral compass. Yeah, it can get a little tricky. I mean, I had this happen a few weeks ago at the Boise Co-op. And, you know, I'm going through rebuilding my own health right now. um, And I have to be really careful what I put into my body at this point. So what had happened in this instance was I bought a product that I thought was USDA organic. Because there was not a separation between the two products. And it was missing one word. The packaging looked exactly the same. They were right next to each other. I made a mistake. It happens to everybody. It happens to me. I will go buy something and then later I will think, oh shoot, that's against, that's not in line with my ethics, you know? Um, But what had happened here was I found out that I bought this product that just as a baseline level was very contaminated with pesticides and herbicides and heavy metals and all of these things. So I had to take it back and... I had to tell the people at the co-op, you know, I'm not going to take any money back for this because I recognized that it was my fault because I didn't look at the packaging closely enough. However, I will ask that you guys maybe be a little bit more careful about the things that you buy because when walking into the co-op, you sort of expect a certain thing. You know, I don't have to worry about having conventional produce in with the produce at the co-op and if it is, it's labeled and it's kept separate. Um... It can just be really tricky to make sure that what you're getting is what you actually think that you're getting. Absolutely. And and the other thing for me is, is you know, you don't have to be as far down the rabbit hole as, as Lisa is or I am. Like, Lisa's way further down the food rabbit hole than I am. It's dark down here. And, and I'm more fa- fashion conscious just because that's what I love and that's what I get into. But there are many things I'm sure I own already that maybe at an earlier point in my life, I didn't have the same principles that I do now. And I'm not just going to throw them away or discard them. But when making new purchases, it's extremely important to be conscious of where your standards are. And, and what you're willing to, to give up or, or kind of compromise on versus I'm just going to buy everything because I feel like I need six mugs. Or I need 800 pieces of pink pajamas or whatever it may be just to become a consumer just to consume it's 
you have to remember at the end of the day you're affecting so many other people in so many ways. And I don't think the excuse of, well, this material is going to be sent to China anyway, so why not? I, I don't feel like that is, I don't, that's not a legitimate excuse to me. Right. And let's, you know, let's be careful about the verbiage that we use, because like we've said, you know, these buzzwords like sustainable, natural, grass fed, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. They don't have any industry standard for what they mean. So my question is, if you're loading up a shipping container and you're sending it to China to have things manufactured there, that's fine. Whatever. Be transparent about it. You know, we can look into carbon footprints. How can we offset that? What can we do so that we are perhaps more sustainable, more eco-conscious, but when we can't even find that information and no one seems to have it, it begs the question, are you just using these words to sell a product? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I have an email into this company and I ha- it's been a couple days I've yet to hear back and I very pointedly just said, if you are sustainable, that's fine, whatever your belief of that is. I want to know what is your carbon footprint in comparison to the offset that you the, the excuse me the sustainable claims you're making if you really are shipping things to china and back where does that level fall and at what point does that negate the sustainability that you have the simple answer of it's going to china anyway i'm sorry that's not good enough for me right we you know, nowadays, the way that we're polluting our planet, the things that we're doing, it's very, very easy to take the easy road, to take the easy way out, and to pass the buck onto the consumer, onto the next person. But, you know, do you sleep well at night knowing that maybe there are human rights violations occurring in your factory because that's just sort of a baseline for the country that you've chosen to do business in? Or... Do you feel pretty good about going on vacation to do charity work and participate in what I consider is paternalism? And that's a whole different topic. Um, Because you can now afford to take these fun vacations that make your marketing look really, really great because you were able to make your sunglasses for less money in China. Absolutely. And, And, you know, it's just... The other part is that you can't get upset, like a vendor or staff or whomever, whether it's a fan base or a following, is you can't get upset at people that, consumers that start asking questions. Nobody here is like trying to like jab at anybody or pointing fingers. It's, oh, well, hello, Coco. It's a matter of why is it that this can't be answered? I've asked you a question that you self-promote about. We need the answers. You should have these on file. Boom, boom, boom. It should be ready. Party line. Yeah, you should have that, you know, that 30-second pitch that is, oh, when we looked into it, it was X, Y, and Z, and this was Y, and it should be a no-brainer. It should be super simple. You, But you can't become upset when your consumers start to ask questions. Because the, the thing is, is that my standards may be different from your standards, and that's totally okay. You know, I'm learning that a lot in what I'm going through with my health right now. And just because I have to do something doesn't mean that you have to do something. However, equipping me with the information and making that available will allow me to make an educated decision as to whether or not I can actually participate in this with a good heart. Absolutely. 
I mean, you, in my opinion, and, you know, I'm not a crazy business professional in this, you know, I'm not this multi-million dollar entrepreneur or anything like that, but I think that you should be from top down, everybody should know why it is we do these things, especially when you claim your three core values. If you go to the point to claim three core values, everybody within your house should know the exact reason that those are your values, why those are your values, and how it is that you are going to do those things and provide those things to people. So whether that's your value is kindness. There, every employee that you have should know we are kind to people because that is why people do this. They deserve to be treated that way, and we want to make everybody have a great day. Yeah, <laughs> and as far as saying that it's going to happen anyway, you know what? It might happen anyway, but I will tell you that the consumer – the savvy consumer will wait. I've been on the wait list for a leather purse out of Italy for like six months now. But you know what? I'm willing to wait because it's just that important to me. And if you want to learn more about why buying things um, from the USA and avoiding things from China is important and should be important to you, there's a really great documentary out on Netflix and Amazon called Death by China. And I highly recommend every consumer in the United States watches that documentary. Absolutely. So again, just to wrap things up, thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> I know I know. sometimes we banter and Coco usually has her input. And thank you, Lisa, for joining me again. Um, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do the right thing by our own standards. And never be afraid to ask a question. No matter who it is to or why, just ask the question. Uh, you deserve to know the answer if you're going to spend your money. And if you are asked a question and you don't know the answer, don't make something up. Find someone who knows and get an answer. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you in about a week.